It goes on to say exemption from the rage and havoc of war, peace between individuals, harmony, security, safety, prosperity, felicity. But the first, first understanding, the first description of this Greek word is a state of national tranquility. Here we are today, 2020, we're ending the year in America, no longer a nation under God, indivisible, but a nation that's polarized into a cultural war. We're polarized on racism. We're polarized on bigotry. We're polarized in politics. We're literally suffering a communist attempted coup and takeover of our nation. We're not going to be a republic anymore if we don't live through this and do the correct things and take back our nation. The only way to do this is by receiving and edifying and lifting up Yeshua. When he is lifted up, he will draw all men unto him. Yeshua, Jesus, is the answer. He died that we may have national tranquility. Without him, there'll be no national tranquility. With him, we will have tranquility. And why is that? Because the top button of all racial reconciliations is Jew and Gentile. And if we get that first button lined up, every other thing will fall into place. We'll see racism against the black stop. We'll see anti-Semitism stop. We'll see hatred against various other races come to an end. It will be all over. It's through communion with God, through the sacrifice of Yeshua, through that Seder table, through those implements that we all, no matter where we come from, have an equal seat at the table. We are all one in Messiah Yeshua. That is the rally point, the scripture, biblical culture, that we can all gather around and be totally equal according to God's word. And this is what Yeshua died for. According to 2 Corinthians 5, verses 18 through 19, and it is all from God, who through the Messiah has reconciled us to himself and has given us that work of reconciliation, which is that God in the Messiah was reconciling mankind to himself not counting their sins against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. We are the voice of equality, justice, and hope in a darkened nation being torn apart in its very seams, at the very fabric of our core fundamentals, being torn apart by hatred and vitriolic politics and by racism and injustice and anti-Semitism. We are that answer. We have the message. God has entrusted to us that message of reconciliation, but we must get our voice back. We must get active in this. We have to stop being silent majority in America and start having our voice going forth supernaturally and profoundly because we have the truth that the people are looking for in this darkened time we're in. So why all this in Virginia? Well, let's backtrack and do a little history here. Jamestown, Virginia, and this is, I'm going to unpack this. So this isn't relegated to just Virginia, but it began here. The very place where I'm sitting right now was initially John Rolfe's plantation. He's the one that married Pocahontas back in uh, April of 1612. Not John Smith, that's false history. He, he married John Rolfe, and the very land we're sitting on right now was part of his original plantation. Jamestown, Virginia is the birthplace of America, established on May 13, 1607. The initial name of the colony was Virginia, named after the Virgin Queen, whose territory stretched from the Atlantic seaboard to the Pacific coast 
Almost all of North America was Virginia from the 34th parallel all the way up to Hudson Bay. The entire place was known as Virginia. And so being the birth, Virginia is the covenant state, the state of beginnings and endings. That same year, 1607, the first church in America was ever built inside the fort of Jamestown Island. Listen, during the last three weeks of January 2019, as the political turmoil was beginning already then here in Virginia and across this nation, that original church foundation was rediscovered. This is fascinating because I've lived here for 26 and a half years. When I first moved here, there was a uh, center known as Jamestown that was, we call it the Plastic Jamestown. It was a recreation, the three ships, uh, some huts, some of the original log homes of the, uh, the wigwams of the First Nations people. But in 1994, they found the actual Jamestown settlement that they thought had been washed away in the James River and be doing no more. And so to me, this is Isaac redigging Abraham's wells. This is a time of great restoration, which is why we're such turmoil right now, because something supernatural is about to happen. But this first church, the foundations were discovered at the end of January 2019. This is radical. This is a critical and profound discovery because this structure was also the meeting place for the first house of Burgess held in July of 1619. Our charter in the very beginning was to rule ourselves. You you catch what I'm saying? We were never initially set up and designed to be a British colony. When we had our war in 1776 and had our Declaration of Independence, we were actually throwing foreign troops off our soil. It wasn't a rebellion. But this House of Burgess meeting in this church is critical because the early colonists were tasked with governing themselves. This is where the first slavery laws were enacted in America, in the church. The same people who wrote that prayer, the Jew and Gentile would be reconciled together as one, are the same ones who built this church, and their first decree upon completion of the church was, the Jews weren't allowed in it. Isn't that interesting? We held a leadership conference here in 2013. Uh, It's a grassroots conference of young Messianic leaders from across America. At the end of this conference, we traveled to Jamestown Island, where we as Jews, as Messianic Jews, stood outside the First Church Foundations, Chief Anne Richardson, a personal friend of mine who's a direct descendant of Pocahontas and Chief Powhatan, who are the native indigenous people here when those three ships landed in 1607, stood inside that church, and she broke that curse. Then that was 406 years after it was built, and she invited us, the Jewish people, into the church. This 406-year-old anti-Semitic curse was broken. A decree was issued that we weren't allowed in it, but the true spiritual authority of the land, Chief Anne, broke that curse. When that happened, that was a dramatic shift in the kingdom of God. This is when we really began seeing the one new man go forth, and we're now seeing a, an awakening, a revival across this land. Two specific people groups are involved in this. The Messianic Jews and the First Nations of America, the indigenous people, the American Indians. I'm going to get back to them in a second. What I want to do is come back and unfold and unpack some of the foundations that happened here and why this place is so critical. The first slave in America, Angelo, arrived in 1619 at Old Point Comfort, Virginia, known today as Fort Monroe. 
a Dutch ship that uh, traded the young Bantu female for provisions with the English colonists after the ship was damaged in a storm. The fateful decision of 1619 to receive slaves into the settlement eventually led to the Civil War of the United States 242 years later. The first battle between Union and Confederate forces, you got it, right here in Virginia at Manassas or Bull Run in 1861. And guess where that war ended? In Appomattox, Virginia, four years later in 1865. British General Lord Cornwallis surrendered to General George Washington, a Virginian and America's first president, at Yorktown Battlefield, Yorktown, Virginia, in October 1781, giving America its freedom and independence. The primary authors of the United States Constitution, James Madison, a Virginian. Eight United States presidents were Virginians. Four of the first five presidents were from Virginia. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, and James Monroe. On May 27, 1861, at the start of the Civil War, Major General Benjamin Butler made his famous contraband decision, or Fort Monroe Doctrine, determining that escaping slaves who reached Union lines would be considered contraband and not return to bondage. The order resulted in thousands of slaves fleeing to Union lines around Fort Monroe, which was Butler's headquarters in Virginia. Fort Monroe became called Freedom's Fortress, as any slave reaching it would be free. By the fall... The Army had built the great contraband camp to try to house the families. It was the first of more than 100 that would be established by war's end. And finally, but most importantly, that seeds of that one new man, Jew and Gentile reconciliation were planted. That's right, right here at Jamestown Settlement, 413 years ago in a prayer that I've referenced. But this prayer was spoken twice a day at the main gate of Jamestown Fort. The following is a direct quote from this prayer, exactly as it was written in the book, Laws, Divine, Moral, and Martial for the Colony of Virginia, printed in the year 1612. A prayer duly said morning and evening upon the court of guard, either by the captain of the watch himself or by some of his principal officers. And this is a portion of this nine-page prayer. And calling the Jews together with the fullness of the Gentiles, that thy name may be glorious in all the world, the days of iniquity may come to an end, and we with all thine elect people may come to see thy face in glory and be filled with the light thereof forevermore. Can you believe this? These are Anglican Christians. These are supersessionists. They believe in church replacement theology. They believe that they've replaced Israel. Yet here we have this profound prayer that's saturated into the DNA of America. It's in the ground. It's in the air. It's in the water. This is the birthing DNA of this republic, of this nation of America, that would be a representation of the one new man. The Jew and Gentile would be gathered together as one that the days of iniquity would come to an end. And why? That we would see shalom, irene, a state of national tranquility. How prophetic how profound that 413 years later, we're suffering vitriolic political turmoil and racism and it's being exposed across our great nation. Why? Because we lack, as my good friend, pastor and spiritual archaeologist, Pastor Wade Trump defines, we lack righteous restoration. Listen, as a nation, we've not repented for and dealt with the sin of slavery. As a nation, we've made no attempt to bring about reconciliation, restoration, or restitution for the crime and sin of slavery whose fruit is now being brought to light in our current turmoil. We've not once, over 400 treaties have been established and made with the first indigenous people here of this land. Not one of those treaties have ever been upheld, ever. Not one. This is the Gibeonite curse over the land of America. The Gibeonites had made a treaty with Israel 
King Saul started killing the Gibeonites and it brought a curse on the land. He didn't honor those treaties. There's a treaty here in America with all of our First Nations, indigenous American Indians that's never been kept. There's a curse on the land. We need this Jew and Gentile reconciliation, this state of national tranquility to bring these people groups back. And this is critical because the First Nations people, Acts 17, verses 26 through 27, from one man he made every nation living on the entire surface of the earth, and he fixed the limits of their territories in the periods when they would flourish. Why did he do this? Verse 27, God did this so that the people would look for him and perhaps reach out and find him, although in fact he is not far from each one of us. You know, what does this tell us? It tells us that the First Nations people here in America, they are the true spiritual authority of this land. They are the original indigenous people. We've been working with Chief Ann for over 15 years now. She has dubbed us, myself, Pastor Wade Trump, and her as the Wolf Pack. We've traveled across this country from reservation to reservation, preaching the good news, bringing revival to the indigenous people, to the reservations, and breaking the curses off the land that have been established here over the last 413 years. Something supernatural is happening right now. The indigenous people, the native tribes, who are the physical and spiritual stewards of this land as ordained by God, they are the prophetic voice, the true spiritual authority of this land and nation. Over the centuries, Hasatan has sought to oppress them, remove their identity and their spiritual authority. But something happened. The late Billy Graham predicted in 1975 that the Native Americans would become a spiritual superpower to change the world. This is coupled with an 1877 prophecy from Crazy Horse, leader of the Oglala Lakota Sioux, from 1840 to 1877. He said, The red nation will rise again, and it shall be a blessing for a sick world, a world filled with broken promises, selfishness, and separations, a world longing for light again. This is coming to pass in our day. Sid Roth once told me, God's got a secret weapon for the Jewish people in America. He said that was the black church. Nine out of 10 churches I speak at today are African-American churches. There's a profound bond between us and the former slaves. Why? Because we too are tribal people. We too were once former slaves. We've got a third leg to this triad, and this is the awakening among the indigenous people, the American Indians. Revival is breaking out across the reservations throughout all the tribes. After years of oppression and persecution, they are humbly repenting, seeking God with supernatural fervency and walking. They're rising as mighty warriors into their destiny, spiritual warriors, to assume the mandate as this land's spiritual authority and bring this nation to revival through Messiah Yeshua. Let us remember to stand with them, to reach a handout across the table, because we all have equal seats at this table of communion, this Passover new covenant blood of Messiah that Yeshua died for and gave to us. We must come together as one, Jew and Gentile, African-American, indigenous peoples. This is what this nation needs to lead it back to its former glory, to God's glory being revealed on all the earth, and to have God's glory re-enter America through the eastern gate of America, which is its birthplace, Jamestown, Virginia. We live in horrible times, dark times. It seems like nothing is going to bring us out of this COVID, this pandemic, the stall in the elections. The good news is 
God is sovereign. He's on the throne. Listen, let me remind you. We were enslaved in Egypt for over 200 years. We cried out to God for over 200 years. God never answered us directly. We never heard the voice of God. That didn't mean he wasn't working on our behalf. He was in the background raising up Moses's, training them, bringing them into Pharaoh's house, training them another 40 years out on the wilderness for wilderness survival. Then, suddenly, Moses shows up in Egypt, and in a short amount of time, we're free. Do not be discouraged or depressed by what's happening around you right now. We serve a sovereign God. He is our creator, and he will bring about quickly, suddenly, a supernatural move of his power and his might, and we will see the revelation of his glory return to this nation. We are seeing the First Nations rise up as our spiritual authority to lead us back to him. Find a tribe, find a native believer, and stand with them. Agree in your prayers with them. Work with them. Help them. Reach out across the table. There has to be supernatural intentionality in our relationships with our African-American brothers and sisters. We just can't sit in separate camps and say, well, we hope God does something about this. We actually have to unite and work together as one. Again, there has to be direct intentionality in this to reach across, to dialogue, to talk, to share, to pray, to understand each person's view and see this one new man bring about a supernatural shalom, a state of national tranquility. Listen to me, this will never be healed in Richmond. This will never be healed in your state capital. This will never be healed in Washington. The United Nations can't do anything about this. Even as we're recording this today, we're receiving incredible news from France and from Germany that basically all the citizens' rights are being completely eliminated, that they're making them stay in house arrest. (laughs) It's a darkened and terrible world we live in, but it's one more step closer to the return of Yeshua. Jesus for his reign to be established here in this earth and his messianic millennial reign, a thousand year peace come upon this place. We're streaming towards a theocracy and Yeshua is our king. Let us bow down before him. Let us worship him. Let us seek him together, regardless of where we've come from. Jew and Gentile, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, indigenous people, we are all grafted into this Jewish-rooted olive tree. We are all joint citizens, joint heirs. We are all greater Israel, and we have the life, we have the answer, we have the glory to bring healing to our land once again. Mishpocha, I pray this has touched your heart today and that you'll be radicalized to do something, to transform yourself, to be the new wine and prepare the new wine skin because his glory is about to be revealed. We're about to see the last greatest apostolic move of God before the return of the king. It's a John 17 moment that the world will know. Only if we're willing to love each other, to lift each other up, and humbly approach the throne room of the Most High God to seek his face. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Shalom.